We're already two days past the celebration of the birth of Christ and we're a handful of days away from jumping into a new year. Like the year's just flown, hasn't it? it like legitimately, it's just flown. It feels like yesterday that I was 33, you know. There goes another year. <laughs> just like that, just another year's gone. You know, Christmas has come and gone. And I, I guess I love the idea of Christmas and the celebration of the birth of Christ because the world stops, you know, it just does. It, it, it just does. Everywhere they, they stop. Everyone enjoys the holiday time, whether they're believers or not. Everyone just, it just stops. So I'm, I'm not really too concerned how the whole holiday idea came into play. But I just love the fact that it's a moment in time when all of humanity stops. And for most of us, we can just point back, say, hey, it's all about our God. You know, it's a really precious time that we get to share. It's actually a really cool time. You know, to think of a baby, I shared a few weeks ago, God sends his son Jesus in the form of a baby. So that like when a baby's born, we're full of joy, we get excited, we pick up the child, we'll hold the child and we embrace the child. And Christmas is all about taking hold of our God, isn't it? Like, it's really quite cool when you think about it. Um, for those that, that were celebrating with their family um, with breakfasts and lunches on Christmas Day, there were some of us that were celebrating here just for an hour in the morning on Christmas Day. And I thought Mel spoke a, a brilliant message on God's love and God's joy. Uh, and so not, making, not wanting to make you feel guilty, if you weren't here, grab the disc. It's just a really good, good message to hear. But I love the fact that she said that Christmas Day is a day where Jesus comes. Like it's, the birth, it's his birth, but it's a day where Jesus comes to reveal the Father. You know, like he's coming and it's part of the plan. I'm coming to reveal Daddy to my children, to my brothers, to my sisters, to humanity. It's really cool because in, in, that, in that, one th- that, that one moment, Jesus gets to reveal Daddy to us. He gets to reveal... God's love. And Mel put it this way, his radical, unconditional and immeasurable love for us. You know, and God is love, isn't he? Yeah. God is just totally love. He created us with love, in love, and we're full of love. Or at least I guess we should be. And now the fullness of God we know lives within us because God places his fullness in his son and his son lives within us when we say yes and amen to him. And Mel went on to say that that when you're in love, when there's so much love, it gushes out. And she used the example, you know, when, you know, when people are in love, when a couple's in love, when one partner loves the other, truly in love, it just gushes out. It comes out everywhere. You just know. Oh, look, you're glowing. You know, like, what's going on? Oh, I'm in love. I met this person and they're rocking my world, you know. She said, when you're in love, it just comes out everywhere. People know that you're in love. They can see it. They can feel it. They hear it. You're probably making them sick. Yeah? Have you ever lost your friends? Who's ever lost a friend for a period of time when you first found your true love? Anyone ever been there, had friends? I remember a friend of mine that said once, you know, like, it's her or us. (laughs) You know, hello. There's enough for me to go around. Don't worry. There was probably less of me back then, though. But when you're in love, it just gushes out. Mel was saying it's just so obvious that people can see this joy that's within you, yeah, because of the love that you're experiencing. And we get to see it. We get to see the joy in the people who are in love. And so here we have this Father who loves us, and we love the Father. So if that's correct, then there should be joy in us, yeah? Think about the song that we sang right right at the end. Try singing those lyrics without smiling. Go on. Wait, wait. Is this it? Okay. You give me joy down deep in my soul. Down deep in my soul. I've never been so free caught in your love for me. Do you imagine trying to sing like that? When you, when you sing those words, it's, you, know, you, you just smile. You give me joy. And it's, it's down deep in my soul. It's just, it's down deep in my soul. 
It just, just the words alone, just the word alone, joy, makes you want to smile. Yeah? So I don't understand how anyone could ever sing these words without smiling like from ear to ear. You haven't seen me till you've seen me filled with joy. I don't think that's a line that we sing like this. You haven't seen me till you've seen me filled with joy. It just, I, can't even keep a, I can't even keep a straight face. It doesn't work, does it? You know, there's got to be joy in us. And Mel went on to say that it's part now because of God, because of his love, because of who created us and how we were created, that it's part of our divine makeup, that you and I were created for joy. And that's where I want to pick up today. Because 2015 is behind us, yeah, but 2016 is in front of us. And I think the secret to our 2016 and to our 2017, our 2018 and 2019 and 2020 is to grab hold of this stuff called joy. So let's pray. Father, make us joyous people. Lord, we ask that you would reach in and take out, Lord, all anxiety, depression and sadness, God, that you would fill us with your joy. Father, in the midst of everything, that we would experience your joy, that when people come across our path, they would hear, see and feel your joy. Lord God, that we would be overflowing and gushing like a couple in love. So have your way this day, we pray. And all these people said, Amen. Cool. So if you've got your Bibles, let's turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. And I'm going to read from verse 2. Fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. I'm just going to read that again, yeah? For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy set before him. Scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne. Today I want to use as a foundation that part of the passage, for the joy set before him. See, Jesus stayed the course, didn't he? He didn't deviate. He didn't turn left, didn't turn right. Um, he didn't reprogram the GPS. He stayed the course for the joy set before him. So you see, for the joy set before him, the scripture says he endured the cross, but you, sometimes you've got to unpack it a little bit, don't you? You've got to flesh it out. It means that he went through stuff, yeah? He endured stuff. He went through difficult times, didn't he? Like if you know any, any part of Jesus' life, he went through difficult times. He went through a falling out of his family, didn't he? Who's my mother, my brother, my sister? Who? Like he had a falling out with family. Ever, anyone ever had a falling out with family? Yeah? He went through ridicule. People mocked him and talked about him and talked down about him. Anyone ever said things behind your back and talked down about you ever? I reckon most of us. He went through people gossiping about him. He went through beatings. He went through the loss of friends. Yeah? He went through the loss of his life. And in fact, for the joy sent before him, he went through being separated from the Father. All for the joy that was set before him. Man, that must be some awesome, powerful stuff, this joy. So... Looking into 2016, if there's something that you and I need to do, we need to grab hold of, of this joy, yeah? So how do we get it? And how do we keep it? Well, there's a couple of things that we need to lay down first as a little bit of a foundation, okay? Now, for the joy set before him, we know that because of that joy, he endured the cross. He endured a lot of things, but why? Now, Mel said on Christmas Day that Jesus came to reveal the Father, and to bring us back into right relationship with him. We know that everything about Daddy, Papa, Father God, is about bringing us back into relationship with him. About bringing us back to a place where we're his family, adopted into his family so that he can share everything he has with us. Yeah, Everything that he has with us. He wants to restore the relationship that he purposed and planned from the beginning. For you and I to be in his family and to be in intimate relationship. So the first thing we have to do to get through 2016 is do what he did 
for the joy set before him. Now, we need to set this joy before us. So what's the joy that's set before him? That's a great question. I'm glad you asked. I want to suggest, and I've shared this before, I believe that the joy set before him is us. It's you and me. It's the person on your left. Go on, look to the person on your left and say, you know that joy? That's you. Go on. That person, that's you. Look to the person on the right. And say, it's, it's you too. <laughs> Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10 reads, And Nehemiah continued, Go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks, and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. See, it's important to know what this joy is, and it's important to get hold of this joy because the Bible clearly tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Like it's a strength. It's a strength. Joy's not just feeling happy. Because who knows that sometimes life isn't grand, yeah? If you grew up in the western suburbs of Melbourne, we would say that at times life sucks. No one ever heard that terminology? I'm bringing it to you today, yeah? Sometimes it's just not great, yeah? But joy is not happy. Joy is something inside us that makes us strong. It makes you and I strong. So you're not feeling strong? Feeling like life's tossing you about a bit? Ever? Just like when Jazz ran away, my dog, for those that don't know my dog, Jazz, she got out. The joy of the Lord is my strength. <laughs> so $186 later, when we finally found her and the vet took her to the pound, because the vet's not allowed to call you because they're not allowed, um, you know, it was, that's just a little bit trying. There wasn't a lot of happiness in the moment when we had lost her initially, you know? There's happiness when you find her and then there's no happiness when you realise how much you have to pay to get her back. It's like, it's my dog. Why am I buying her back? You should be paying me for taking her. Like, seriously. Joy is something that makes us strong. And sometimes life just feels like it's throwing you a curveball. Who's ever woken up in the morning? Seriously, come on. We've got to be honest here. It's a show of hands. If your hand's down, I'm going to assume that this is you. Who's ever woken up in the morning? Yeah, I know, that's really it. Yeah, who's ever woken up? Yeah, we all woke up, Pastor Andrew. Who's ever woken up in the morning and just felt like staying in bed? <laughs> who's ever woken up in the morning and you can hear noise in the house and you pretend you're asleep so you can stay in bed longer? Come on. And sometimes that happens, not because we want sleep, yeah, if we're going to be totally transparent and honest, Sometimes that happens because the thought of the day is not great. What you've got to do, who you have to see, the stuff that happens, you know, what's left over from the night before. Sometimes it's not all that great. But maybe, just maybe, we feel that way because we don't know his joy. Maybe, because if joy is a strength, yeah, maybe, just maybe, we need to get hold of that joy. Maybe, just maybe, we need to grab it and keep it. And then live in it, because that's part of our divine makeup. So what's the joy set before him? I've already said that I, you know, it's us. It's because he wants a relationship with us. The Father wanted a relationship with you and me. And the thought of that relationship, the thought of that friendship, the thought of that Christian word fellowship, the thought of coming together as family actually gave Jesus awesome joy. It gave him phenomenal joy because for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He knew the plan. He was God. And the plan was to reconcile us back to the Father. There was a joy in the thought of having relationship with you. There was a joy 
in the thought of having relationship on the person on your left and the person on your right. And I know some of you are thinking, no, possibly not that person. But I'm serious for all of you. There was a joy for all of you. There was a joy. That thought Jesus was thinking, yes, I'm hanging in there. I'm staying the course. He was excited about being in relationship with you. And that's what brings him and gives him joy. So our focus in 2016, what we have to, what we have to know, what we have to grab hold of is this joy. And this joy is our strength. And this strength gives us the courage to endure our cross. This strength gives us the courage to endure all that life throws at us. All the curveballs, all the mornings that you want to stay hidden under the dunas, all the stuff that life has for us that can be difficult, joy is going to get us through it. Amen? And so what better place to start but right where Jesus started? For the joy set before him was all about relationships. You and I need to get excited. You really do. We really do. You need to get excited about your relationship with Jesus. You need to get excited about your relationship with the Father. He's excited about his relationship with you. You know, a relationship that goes one way, it doesn't work that well, does it, love? No. So if there are times, then I'm not fulfilling my part, yeah? And I know heaven, like, that just doesn't happen often because we, we just know that, okay, I'm not perfect, I, I can't lie. There are just some times that I don't fulfill my part as well as I should. The relationship is, is a struggle. But when there's love coming from both sides, then it's different. All of a sudden it's flowing. And there's an excitement in God for you. There needs to be an excitement in you for God. The thought of that fellowship with him, the thought of that friendship, the thought of being part of his family, those thoughts bring God joy. Those thoughts should bring us joy. Um, they should bring us joy. They should bring us joy. They should bring us joy. Lord God, right now, I pray a joy in the heart of each and every person as they look, consider, Father, as they dream, imagine, as they walk in their relationship with you, that there would be a stirring in their heart. A real joy. You know what I love? Our vision at Mount Clear is to engage with our God, his church, and his people. Yeah, to engage with our God, his church, and his people. That is an intentional vision. It's such an intentional vision. See, the first part of our vision is to engage with our God. So what is it that brought Jesus joy? What was it that he set before him? It was the thought of the relationship with you. It was the thought of communing with you, of hanging out with you, of engaging with you, yeah? That's what brought him joy. And our, our vision, the first part of our vision is to engage with our God. Engaging with our God is all about relationship. It's all about spending time with him and worshipping and talking and listening and walking and taking all of your struggles and all of your successes with him. It's about doing life together because just like that brought joy to Jesus so that he could endure, it will bring joy to us so we could endure. We were intentional when we created the vision for this church. It wasn't a fluke, yeah? That's why it says in Psalm 16, if you've got your Bibles, turn there. Or press there. Or Siri it there. Or look on the screen. Psalm 16 verse 11 says, you make, me, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me, right? You will fill me with what? Joy in your presence. Fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. See, as we spend time with him, as we engage with daddy, he fills us with joy in his presence. Man, why do we neglect spending time with God when when we spend time with him, he fills us with his joy? Man, that's a no-brainer. How good's that? Imagine if you could roll up to a service station and your car would be filled with fuel. You would, you would go there every day, wouldn't you? Even if you only drove five kilometres, you'd go there just for a top-up because every time you hung out there, your fuel tank got filled. When we spend time with God in his presence, when we engage with him, yeah, he fills us with his joy. 
I love where I got saved 25 years ago. Uh, we used to sing a chorus and the lyrics were, there is joy, joy, joy in the presence of the Lord. And then I won't sing it. I even looked it up on YouTube hoping I could have one that I could throw on the screen. And the only two versions that were on YouTube were pitiful. Like, it was so bad. Like, I thought about singing it, but I thought, no, I'll just read you the lyrics. There is joy, joy, joy in the presence of the Lord. So singing, hallelujah, amen. And then the last part of it goes, dance and celebrate. Dance and celebrate. Dance with joy before the Lord. And I remember in, in, in this chorus 25 years ago, you know, our dance and celebrate was a couple of movements. So we used to go, there is joy, joy, joy. <laughs> like it was so bad. There is joy, joy. And then dance and celebrate. And we would just go around like this in a circle. Dance and celebrate, you know. Because there is joy in the presence of the Lord. You can't suck lemons in his presence. No matter how bad life is. Because joy is not a, not a happiness. It's something that's inside you that gives you strength. And it overflows like love. I wrote on Facebook this week, Thanksgiving is our response to his acts. Praise is our response to his nature. Worship is our response to his presence. Our first, one of the first values, if you think of all the icons that you see on our cards and stuff here at the church, is to worship and pursue him. And so we create an atmosphere where we're free to worship, we're free to sing. We're free to clap. You're free to dance, yeah? You're free to lift hands. We create an atmosphere and culture where you can feel free to sit, you can kneel, you can lay down, you can paint, you can do those things. We create a culture for that to happen. Why? Because worship is a response to his presence and it's in his presence that we're filled with joy. Man, if that doesn't excite you, I don't know what will. Because that means every time you walk into a place where the presence of God is, if you'll just sit there, if you'll just let it just sink inside of you, if you'll let it, allow it to envelop you, he fills you with his joy. And that joy is our strength. How exciting is that, thinking about tomorrow, thinking about the year to come, thinking about all the stuff that you've got to do, the birthdays you've got to celebrate, the bills you've got to pay, all of that. Isn't it good to know that there's something inside us that is going to give us strength? And the beauty is that when you start to sit in his presence and engage with him, we realise something else. Joy just isn't found in him. He is joy. He is joy. In fact, he is our joy. That's why it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 20, it says, Indeed, you are our glory and joy. You are our glory and joy. If he's living inside of you, you experience his glory. If he's living inside of you, you experience his joy. I love it, to engage with our God. So what else can we do to keep this joy? Remember, we need to keep it before us so that we can endure all that's going to come, yeah? You're going to love this. I really think you're going to love this. I liked it. Just nod and say, yes, Pastor. The next part of our vision is to engage with his church. When part, Our vision, that is to engage with our God, his church and his people. His church is talking about the church family. His people is talking about the community. That was our heart behind it. So the next part is to engage with his church. So what's that got to do with keeping, getting and keeping joy? Well, again, I'm glad you asked. 2 John chapter 1. 2 John chapter 1, verse 12. I have much more to say to you, but I don't want to do it with paper and ink. For I hope to visit you soon and talk with you face to face. Then, then then our joy will be complete. I love it. Their joy will be complete when? When they finally come together face to face. What have we talked about for so long? For the last six to eight months, we've been talking about relationship. We've been talking about family. We've been talking about next year's theme for our church is together. Why? Because when we spend time with each other, you know, when we hang out together, then our joy will be complete. See, John found joy when he met up with other believers. 
It's very clear. He found joy when they met face to face. In fact, he was so sure of that that he says then our joy. He even speaks on your behalf, yeah? Or in this case, their behalf. I can't wait till I come and see you, Ben, because when I come to see you face to face, then our joy is going to be complete. Man, how arrogant is that? But how good is it? I can't wait. Oh, Greg, till we hang out together and sip a couple of coffees and lattes and we talk about the world and how good the Western Bulldogs are because in that moment, our joy will be complete. That's what John's saying. I mean, that's brilliant. And what's that part of our vision? To engage with his church. I love it. There's joy in meeting with other believers. There's joy in friendship with other believers. There's joy when we fellowship with other believers. There's joy in dinners. There's joy in coffee. There's even joy in sipping tea together. I can't believe I've even said that. We should edit that out. There's joy when you hang out together, when you go four-wheel driving and camping and knitting and etch-a-sketching or whatever you do. I couldn't. Look, it just came. Go with it. I don't know about you, but if we're going to get through 2016 well, then we need to set the joy before us. And I want to do everything to make sure I keep that joy. Now, let's be real. We all have friends outside of the church family or church's family. We all have friends outside of that. And that's good and that's great. And they will make you happy. And it's a good thing. But happiness comes and goes. It's not joy. See, the joy that is complete is in the fellowship of one another, fellow believers. I'm only, man, you know what? I know it's hard. I'm only quoting what's in the Bible. Yeah? I've got friends outside of church have family outside of church that are not believers, that are unchurched. And we have a good time and we come away happy. But that is not joy. And my joy is not made complete when I spend time with them. But it's made complete when I'm coming to meet other believers because that's what John's saying. I can't wait. I don't want to write to you. I don't want to text you. I don't want to email you. I don't even want to phone you. I want to come and see you face to face because when we do that, then our joy is complete. And with that joy set before us, we can endure anything. Think about it. Jesus is about to die on a cross, a terrible, agonizing death, yeah? And he decides he's going to have one last supper. Really think about it. I'm about to die, but I'm just going to get my buddies together. I'm going to get my disciples together, and we're going to have one last supper. Now, I don't know about you, but have you ever really thought about that? Like, when you read it, you read through the Gospels and, and, and what's happened. He's about to die, and he, he, he's having one last bite to eat, one last coffee with his closest friends, and they're all eating food. And in fact, he even shares the bombshell that someone's going to betray me. Yeah? And then it says that as they ate... So it meant even after he dropped this bombshell, they just kept eating. It was like an Italian Christmas party. So it doesn't matter what anybody says, you just keep eating. That's all. So you got cancer. That's terrible. You know, like they just kept eating because Jesus knew there was something powerful in their fellowship. He knew that if they could get together, there was a joy, a joy, a joy, a joy that would well up inside him that he could endure what he had to go through. You know, in your darkest times, I'll tell you what happens out there. We go through stuff and we remove ourselves from church. I just need a break. I just need to rest. I just need to hang out. You don't know what I'm going through. Jesus knew what he was going through, yet he chose to get together with a few of his friends because he knew that would stir up a joy that would help him to get through. And maybe you're looking at your tomorrow and thinking, man, I don't know how I'm going to get through. I don't know how I'm ever going to overcome that. You know, grab a handful of people. And go for coffee. Just spend some time. Because it's in that moment that your joy is complete. And your joy is his strength. And you will be able to endure it. Amen. Man, this is really good preaching. (laughs) 
mean, it, like, it's true. Look, even before he went to the Mount of Olives, it says that they sang a hymn. I just, let's just sing a hymn. Let's be happy and sing a hymn. There's something in that about the fellowshipping and hanging out with other believers in your, your darkest times. He found joy in their presence, and you and I will find joy in each other's presence. You know, there's our example. Joy is found in fellowship. Joy is found in the gathering. Joy is found in the hanging out. Psalm 23 has to be one of my favourite psalms, and I've used it for the last two weeks in, 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 in different ways. But you prepare, verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. See, when I read this, I think about that last supper, Jesus and his friends. He's about to die. He's going to his crucifixion. And it's just around the corner. And he sets a table for his friends, yeah? Knowing that death is knocking on the door. In the presence of his enemies, he still sets this table. See, this is why engaging with his church is so important. Because watch this. We already know that our joy is complete when we meet together, yeah? Now, as we meet together, as we have dinner together and fellowship together, as we do all of that stuff, as we share with one another transparently and openly and vulnerably, we do that in the presence of our enemies. In the presence of, when you can get together with people, same heart, same focus, and just spend time together and share some of the stuff that you're going through. Your joy is made complete where you receive a strength to endure the very thing that you're speaking about in the presence of your enemies. They can't stop you sharing it. They can't stop you getting strong with the Lord's joy, but they're just there on the outside. See, perfect love casts out all fear. It doesn't eradicate it or blow it up. It just puts it aside. It casts it out. The fear's always there, but now you've got a joy inside you. You just can keep enduring. You can keep walking. You can keep going. So for the joy set before us, we endure. 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 Thank you. How is our joy complete? The scripture says that he anoints our head with oil and our cup overflows, yeah? Now, I was sharing with Mel, when I read overflow, I think abundance. You know, I just think, you know, like a bath overflowing. I, you know, I just think stuff that's just, it keeps going. It's an abundance. It's like a packet of Tim Tams that keeps going. It just, I think good things, you know. I don't think bad things. It's an overflow. I actually think, it, for me, it's good. That's the way I think about it, you know. And so we've got this, he anoints our head with oil, our cup overflows. And Isaiah 61.3 is just brilliant. It says, And provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. Now we sang this, yeah? The oil of joy instead of mourning. The oil of joy instead of mourning. So he anoints our head with oil and our cup overflows. When we believers gather together around the table, when we're spending time together, what is it that overflows? Well, Isaiah tells us that the oil, the oil, the oil, the oil that he pours is an oil of joy. Man, you've got to get this. He anoints our head with oil. He's anointing your head with joy. When you're spending time together in the presence of your enemies, God is anointing your head with oil to the extent that it says, and my cup overflows. So what's overflowing? Your joy. Your joy, your joy, your joy, your joy. Your joy is overflowing. You can't, you can't suck lemons and be a Christian. You can't because your cup is overflowing. It just is. The scripture says it. If you don't like it, please tell me. I will rip it out of my Bible. It's there for all of us to see. Why are you always so happy? What's wrong with you? I can't help it. It's inside me and my cup's overflowing. It's not about someone being extroverted or introverted. Or that's not me and that's you. There's just something inside of me that gives me strength to face tomorrow. And when it's not there, man, I just grab a couple of people and I grab, have a coffee and I spend time in their presence. Because like John says, in that moment, my joy is complete. Our joy is complete. And that joy is my strength, amen? Just by sitting with people. You know, Mel and I invite people to our home. And sometimes we go out for coffees and teas and, you know, to some of the cafes and stuff like that. 
And we do that because we love you. But we also do it because, well, I do it because I'm selfish. I'm selfish. I'm so selfish. Because I know by having you in my home or having coffee with you, I know that he's going to pour oil all over my head. My cup is going to overflow. My joy will be, a com- will be complete. And I used you to get it. Man, he must really like me. He always wants to do coffee. I do, dude. I, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I want to do coffee again. Because my cup overflows with his joy that he pours just because I'm meeting you face to face. That's why our vision is to engage with his church as well. That's why the enemy does everything he can to rip people out of churches everywhere and have people disgruntled here and disgruntled there and disgruntled there. That's why, that's why the writer of Hebrews says, don't forsake the meeting together because they know there's something special in it. It gives us a joy that's complete, that's our strength. You know, maybe you're not feeling very much joy in your life. Just grab a couple of believers. Go and watch the new Star Wars, The Force Awakens. It's, even if you don't like the movie, spend time with those people. I guarantee you, you'll like the movie and you'll come out with joy at the same time. Amen? Do it. You may not drink coffee. Start. It's a really good place to start. (laughs) Invite people over. 2016, I've said to our board, 2016, my focus is going to be on our friendship groups because I know that not every person is in a friendship group and I'm not doing it for the sake of a program. I've got better stuff to do. I'm busy. I've got young boys and I've got my girls and we're busy. Mel and I are busy people. But we love what happens with people when they get together in community, when they spend time with one another face to face. Their joy is complete. And in that place, why? In that place, in that friendship group, when their joy is complete, there's a strength to endure tomorrow, to get through. Do you know the people who are in friendship groups, there's less pastoral care that's needed? How's that for a happy fact? Because it's all happening there. As they spend time together, they're strengthened on the inside. So my focus will be, well, you know, friendship groups. Mel and I already run one for the young adults every second week, so we're saying we're going to open our home the alternate week for whoever doesn't go to one, come to our place, and we'll hang out. And together, face-to-face, our joy will be complete. And you watch the difference in people's lives. Get into a friendship group next year. Just watch the difference it makes. And the last part of our vision is to engage with his people, the community. For those that are unsure, you know, that, that haven't been here before. We're talking about the unchurched, the unsaved. Engage with all of his creation. Luke 15, 7, because you're, you're wondering, what's this got to do with joy? Luke 15, 7 reads, I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven. I tell you the truth, the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Heaven and all that is within it gets excited when someone comes back to the family. They get excited. When someone comes back into fall, into the fold, there's great joy. All of Helen, Helen, all of heaven <laughs> celebrates. Anyone named Helen here? I think I've got a word from God for you. Um, all of heaven, all of heaven. It's too much turkey. <laughs> All of heaven celebrates when someone suggested Jesus. See, joy is found where the lost are found. Joy is found where the lost are found. Joy comes when people accept Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but when a friend or family member that you've been sharing with, talking about your faith with, that you've invited to church before, when they finally say yes to Jesus, I can't even describe the joy it's almost like a euphoria that, that, that wells up on the inside when someone that you've been loving on says yes to Jesus. It, it's just, like I think in that moment, we experience a snippet of what heaven experiences. It's what I actually think happens at that moment. We're overwhelmed with joy, utterly undone by it. So as we head into 2016, talk to people about Jesus. Invite them to church. Oh, I've invited them before. Invite them again. 
What can they say? No. Go out for a tea, dinner, coffee, cake. Have them over. And somewhere in the conversation, just invite them to church. So you'd love it. Man, there's a God that loves you. You should come. Oh, I'm not interested in that. Well, let me know. I'll even come and pick you up. And you keep going. You keep eating your cake. You keep sipping your latte. It's easy. It's really that easy. Invite people because when the moment comes that they say, man, I want that Jesus. I'm telling you, the joy that builds up in you is phenomenal. It will carry you for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. There's this strength that nothing that happens will deter you. You'll have a car accident and be like, ah, it doesn't matter. You know, like seriously, someone will make you a bad coffee. It'll be like, dude, don't you know? It'll be like, yeah, that's, it's all good. Like it really is a joy that is so complete when someone comes to faith. Invite people, invite people. Engage with our God, engage with his church, but engage with his people. If heaven knows that secret and we're citizens of heaven, it's time for us to catch on, don't you think? Love on people, spend time with them, be interested in them, care for them, shower them with love because when you do these things, that scripture says, or this scripture that I'm about to read says, they're filled with joy. Philemon, Philemon, depending on how you pronounce it. Chapter 1, verse 7. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. So by you loving God's people, by you loving those in the community, they are receiving joy because of the love that you're giving. Man, that's brilliant. How good all of a sudden does our vision look to engage with our God full of joy, to engage with his church full of joy, to engage with his people full of joy. What a brilliant vision. I want to send it via email to every church and say, guys, you should grab this. It's full of joy. You'll love it. Keep loving on people. Joy is what got Jesus to the cross and got him through it. Joy is, joy is what he set before him. Your love will fill others with joy. And that joy will get others to the foot of the cross. And at that place, they can say yes to Jesus. So he is our joy. He is our joy. He is our joy. He is joy. And joy is part of our original design. Why don't we all stand? Can I have the worship team up? We're going to sing joy. And we're going to watch how many people are smiling with joy. See, joy is part of our original design, but it's not only a part of us. It helps us to endure all that life throws at us. It's good for us. Joy is good for us. Joy is good for us. Joy is good for us. In fact, I want you to repeat after me. Joy is good for me. Joy is good for me. Let's say it with a bit of meaning. Joy is good for me. Proverbs 17.22 says this, A cheerful heart is good medicine. Why does it say that? A cheerful heart is good medicine. Being full of joy is good medicine. A cheerful heart is not someone who's happy one minute and not happy the next. A cheerful heart is someone who is full of joy. It keeps your spirit strong. It keeps your spirit healthy. It keeps us well. And when we're well living in that place, now we can finally sing that song, It Is Well. It is well with my soul. Yeah? To be able to sing that regardless of life's seasons, life's circumstances, because there's a joy that's in us that is so complete that it gives us the strength to move into tomorrow. So Mount Clear Church and guests and friends, it's time to engage with our God, His church and His people. I want to give us an opportunity now to sing this song with joy, with gusto, from the inside of who you are, to grab hold of all that Jesus has for you, all that God has purposed for you, all that He wants to pour into your life, knowing that in His presence is fullness of joy. That when you sit at the table with Him and with each other, He comes and He pours 
oil of joy instead of mourning right over your head so that your cup will overflow. This morning, I want it to overflow. So while we sing that, we're going to open the altar. And you may want to come and get some prayer. You may want to come and get a touch. You might want God to lift the burden and the heaviness and to fill you with His joy. Then just come. And let's be a place and a people. And when we're walking in the streets, people will think, man, that person's just so joyous. What is it with him? And on the back of our T-shirt, we'll have something that says, it's Jesus. Let's sing this. And if that's you and you'd love to get prayer, then please, the altar's open and we invite you in Jesus' name. doesn't look like they have joy there can't be is there anyone out there that looks like they don't have joy the joy comes from deep within your soul it's not what the circumstance of life has you in right now but it's on the inside of you you just got to let it out yeah you just got to let it out so try smiling let's exercise on the left side the right side and exercise on the other now let's sing this song. Come on. There's beauty in my brokenness. I got you instead of pain. There's freedom though you captured me. I got you instead of morning. There's a beauty. There's beauty in my brokenness. I got you love. You give me, you give me joy. 
for you. Come and, come and hang out. If you're new here today and you just want to hang out, 